Welcome to God's Planning, Contemplative Preachers, Contemporary Age. Each week, join the Dominican Friars as they consider all things Catholic. Welcome to this episode of God's Planning. I am Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic, the Director of Vocations of the Dominican Province of St. Joseph here in Washington, D.C. And today I am joined by my confrere, Father Patrick Mary Briscoe, uh, who is the vicar at our parish in Rhode Island, St. Pius V, teaches at uh, Providence College, is editor of something at Alatea. He could tell you all <laughs> these things. Uh, but say hi anyways, Father Patrick. None of them matter as much as being a Dominican friar. That's right. He's a Dominican friar. That's all you need to know. Uh, Basta così, huh? That's right. So, you know, in the church, the uh, the liturgical calendar is, is something that uh, really kind of defines the rhythm of sort of our experience in, in the church's cycle of liturgy and the church's feast days and all of those things. And, um, you know, there, there are different seasons that we're well familiar with, Advent, Lent, Christmas, Easter, uh, all of the ordinary time even, right? But um, there are also particular um, months that are given to devotion to different things. So perhaps the most uh, readily available in our minds is the month of May, given over to Our Lady. Um, also, June is is given to the Sacred Heart of, of our Lord. Uh, November to to the souls uh, in Purgatory, uh, but also October, the month that we find ourselves in, uh, given to uh, the Holy Rosary. October seventh being Our Lady of the Rosary. You forgot that March is for Irish people. Mm, didn't forget that. Left that out. <laughs> uh, Father Patrick is is very Irish. I am not. I love the Irish though. So fine. March is for the Irish. Great. Thank you. So we thought we should you know, talk about the rosary, not simply because October is given to that, but also because of our orders, the Dominicans' rich tradition uh, with the rosary. We wear the rosary on our left side of our of our uh, habit, of our belt. Anybody else who does is copying the Dominicans. I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. You heard it here first on God's planning. That's right. And if you ever have been or have the chance to visit our chapel at the Dominican House of Studies in Washington, D.C., uh, Our Lady, the Rosary, and St. Dominic are kind of all over, especially in the sanctuary. Mm, so we have this huge, right. beautiful mural right. of Dominic receiving the rosary from Our Lady. Underneath that, in the wood Rarados, uh, is the same sort of image, Our Lady handing down the rosary to St. Dominic. It's in the panels. You know, it's it's there. So um, let's talk, Father, a bit about sort of the origins or the historical kind of setting of the rosary, but particularly with respect to Dominicans who have traditionally had this um, this charge of preaching the rosary and teaching the rosary. Right. So to, to my knowledge, in the 12th century, there was this custom of praying what was called the, the Marian Psalter. And the basic idea was that people would say, Ave Maria, you know, Hail Mary, uh, full of grace, right? That, that first line from scripture. And, and it, it might have even just been Hail Mary. There are different accounts of how this thing mm. develops. But they would say it 150 times. Why 150? Well, they would say, um, lay people within the church would say, one Hail Mary for every psalm that the monks were praying. Oh, so it matched the Psalter, the yeah, 150 exactly. psalms. So and that's why it's called the Marian Psalter. Okay. So uh, so it was a way of joining in the, the universal prayer of the church, the monastic prayer, uh, but for people who couldn't read. Right. Because the monks would pray the, the Psalter, the 150 psalms, over the course of a week. That would be the prayer that they would chant. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So you could, you know, whatever your job is, you're blacksmithing it up, right? You could, you could just bang your <laughs> anvil, 
and you can say Ave Maria 150 times, and and uh, that's where the that's where the medieval that's where that's where the medievals really really began to spread this um, began to spread this this uh, Marian Psalter. So I think it's important to say that right off the bat because um, the Rosary then becomes uh, seen for what it is right away as a prayer for the lady. You know, the Rosary above all is not a prayer for religious, but it's a prayer for it's a prayer for lay faithful Catholics, and it has a place in their daily life. And it's a way of it's a way of joining in the the the, the proper liturgical prayer of the church, the recitation of the Psalms and the liturgy of the right. hours. Yeah. So we're all used to that the kind of uh, or the the rosary with with the beads and these sorts of things. But before that, the Marian Psalter, and then there's even the um, the Divine Office, uh, or is it the Little Office of the Our Lady? Virgin Mary. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. How does, but how, you know, with with the sort of form that people are used to now, so that, you, you know, you pray your beads, you, right. you pray a decade, how, is that? Where did that come from? Yeah, so Dominicans had a lot to do with this. Um, some people will insist um, there there was a group of uh, historians that belonged to a particular religious order. I won't tell you which one it was. It was the Society of Jesus. But the, this group of historians who are a member of this religious order, uh, wanted, wanted to wanted to prove that we didn't know that the rosary was given uh, by Our Lady to Saint Dominic. Huh. Okay, you know, so they sure. wanted to say like we don't have any evidence that Saint Dominic saw Our Lady and that she handed him, you know, a rosary consisting of five decades and right. okay. five Our Fathers. You know, and to, to that point, sure, well, you know, we could say fine and, and agree with all that because it's not clear that the rosary came down, you know, as if from heaven in, ex- in exactly that way. But what we do know is that St. Dominic had a great love for the Blessed Virgin. Um, the, 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 the number of things that he's given the order that show that um, speak for themselves, right? So we wear, we wear a Marian scapular. We sing the Salve after Compline. We wear the Rosary. Uh, we're the first religious order in the history of the church to profess our vows uh, to the Blessed Mother. So when we make, sure. our, when we make our profession, we include... Um, we include Mary in there. So Dominic had a personal devotion. St. Dominic had a personal devotion to um, the Blessed Mother. It's really important. Now, what can we say as far as historical evidence and the rosary? We know that he founded rosary confraternities. So he founded very these. Very early. Very, very early. early yeah. We know that he founded these societies. So, um, for example, there's, um, there's a, a will, a, a, a last will and testament, you know, so, so um, you know, before this guy, Anthony Sirs, died, he wrote what was going to happen to all of his earthly possessions. And he, he divided things up, um, including a, making a provision of candles for his rosary confraternity, which he says in his will was founded by Dominic de Guzman. Wow. And so it, it's believed that that confraternity was founded in Palencia in Spain in 1218. Okay. Um, so, so there's and, and, evidence like this. Yeah, and to set that, 1218, Dominic founded the order officially in 1216 and died in 1221. He was born around 1170. So yeah. that's like right in the first couple years that the order's, you know, two years into the order's existence. So that's a really important date. Um, then a, li- a little bit later on, this practice um, of praying the Psalter of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that's what it was called, is referred to by this Dominican historian, Brother John de, de Mali. Um, and he says it consists in 150 recitations of the angelic salutation. So that would be the Hail Mary. Yeah. You know, or Hail Mary full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Right. Okay, so we have a reference to that. And then two years later, in 1236, there was this community called the Beguines of Ghent, and they had Dominicans as their spiritual directors. 
And that community had the custom of praying daily, get this, three sets of 50 Hail Marys. And before each decade of 10, the leader would read aloud a mystery of the life of Jesus. Which is what we have in the current. Which is what the modern rosary is. Modern, yeah. Yeah, so that's in 1236. So what we can then presume is that this was a practice that was part of the early life of the Dominicans, that they gave this to these nuns in Ghent. Uh, you know, how, how do we know that the Dominicans did this? Well, because there's another account from, uh, from another Dominican monastery um, where nuns were doing the same practice. Right, and that was in Switzerland. And that right? was in Switzerland, yeah. yeah. And the only link there is the Dominican order. So, the, you know, there are, there are evidences that this practice of praying the rosary does have a historical and a actual foundation in the order. Uh, Especially the shape that we have now, because people right. prayed with beads and did all the, you know these that's things. Right. But when we're looking at the history of the rosary as it stands in 2019, what are what are its origins? Where is it coming from? Um, we have all of this kind of evidence of the early uh, attachment of the friars, preachers, the Dominicans with with Our Lady, and, and using especially this that it was that it was something preached, right? You know, yep. That there was mm-hmm. some there was something to focus one's attention on while the, while the prayers were being recited. I, I think that's key. That's very important. We can't overlook that. Yeah. So, great. We see kind of historical evidence. And like you said, with, with that sort of investigation, did did Dominic actually receive like a physical rosary from our, our lady? It's, in, in a sense, it only, it, it's kind of a, a non-issue. It, it, yeah. it kind of doesn't it's matter. Really a mo- it's really a moot point. Right. We don't know. We don't know. We're not going to um, So, but we, we see the devotion, right? So, we, we call it the rosary. I, I would say any Catholic, you say the rosary, they at least have, they might not know how to pray it, but it's not an unfamiliar word. Well, you hang it on your rear view mirror. Or wear it as a necklace. To protect your car. Or wear it as a necklace. <laughs> Either way, whatever you like to do. Um, but what, I've always wondered what the word means, mm-hmm. where the word rosary comes from, what, what that is. So, yeah, what, where does this come from? Yeah, so there's a there's an interesting development there. So the 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 first kind of word that's used to describe these chains of prayers, whether it was paternosters, which is a practice which preceded the Our Fathers, yeah, yeah, which preceded the recitation of the of the Aves of the angelic salutation, and both of those are called chaplets. Um, chaplet here meaning the same thing as like a crown or okay. a wreath. We use that with the Divine Mercy chapel. Yeah, exactly. You know, people, yeah. So we call it that. And in fact, today in, in, in French, people don't really say the word rosaire. They say um, chaplet. Okay. You know, like when they're going to, when they're going to pray a rosary. Um, so this word chaplet is important, meaning a crown or a wreath that's woven through the prayers for the Blessed Mother. So Gregory of Nazianzus actually talks about that as early as the 4th century. Weaving a, a, wow. a chaplet one of the fathers for the Virgin of, Mary. One so this is a father of the church. church. This is way before the Middle Ages. Yeah. That, they, that there's some kind of idea there of a chain of prayers, um, a wreath of prayers. Yeah, kind of like a spiritual prayers. bouquet, but kind of linked together because of the order. You know, you have this repetition that follows it. Yeah. But then a rosary in particular, why a rose? Well, there was, there's a, a, a medieval legend about... A, a friar who's or a monk who's who's praying. It's not Dominican. You hear you hear it attributed to a couple different um, religious communities. But there's this idea that there's this monk praying, and after after the words come out of his mouth, they turn into roses, and that Our Lady picks them up and weaves them into a crown. Well, okay. I've actually never heard that before. So that's okay. one. So that's a kind of legend, and then but but it lends itself to a beautiful image, right? Like each Hail Mary being yeah. 
being a, a kind of flowering prayer yeah. that's offered up to the Blessed Mother. But lest we become too sort of uh, pious and kind of saccharine, <laughs> it has it has a. I guess the roses also bring about not just the the beautiful flower, but also the sharp thorns. Yeah, which is, I like this point a lot. Right, like roses are red, reminding us of the blood that Christ poured out. I mean, the the rosary is not just a flowery prayer. We're right. talking about the mysteries of Christ's life, including the passion. Yep. He wore a crown of thorns upon his head. You know, those thorns pierced the Savior's brow. Um, you know, the slender stalks of a rose even recall the reeds that Christ would you know, could have been beaten with. Yeah. Um, the leaves recall the, the, the clothes that are stripped from the Lord. I mean, so the rose, the rose is, the rose is a, the rose is a powerful flower, you know, invoking all these images yeah. of passion. And I just like mentioning them. So that no, the, the, name, the imagery the rosary the, becomes, but that's blush. that's. I mean, the rosary being a sacramental, that, that's how that's how our Lord works and leading us to Himself, right? That we have these physical signs that point to the the deeper, true, underlying spiritual reality. So that's that's certainly true in the in, in the sacraments, right? Take for example, baptism. You have this physical washing in baptism, right. but it, it leads us to the deeper reality of that spiritual cleansing that rekindles that that relationship with Christ. But same same thing too with the image, you know, with, of of the rose and the rosary. I mean, you have it's not just sort of like playing with the image. There is it, it's meant to lead our mind to uh, to that deeper spiritual reality that undergirds. That undergirds the prayer and roses too aren't you know it's not just the rosary where where roses are are found in in our ladies in our relationship with our lady right we can think of uh, uh, the the tilma right from Our Lady of Guadalupe right uh, yeah the miracle of Juan Diego she used roses there to to uh, prove prove her um, apparition true uh, they're there too. Uh, so we've talked about the rosary, about the historical sort of setting, which I think is important to ground that it's, it's not a sort of contemporary. Ultimately, I mean, you know, when we started talking about like, where does the name come from? It's one of those things that just kind of gets handed down through the church's tradition. It's not really clear. It's called, you know, like I mentioned, it's called the, the, it was first called the Marian Psalter by the medievals. It was called, you know, there was reference, there was this reference to chaplet by, the church father, Gregory Nazianzen, um, you know, and, the, and this idea that, that this prayer, what this prayer was called the rosary, just, it just is one of those things that kind of comes out of the, comes out of the fog of the ages. There's, there's not like a clear answer to it, but, you know, as I've tried to make here, there's, a, there's, a, there's an important argument behind what it means. Yeah, that all makes sense. And I think that at this point, we're going to take a couple minutes and when we come back, uh, we'll talk about sort of the practicals of praying the rosary now. Now that we've set it in context, let's talk about what the rosary offers us and how to pray it well. Stay tuned. We will be right back. This is God's Planning. Get up to date on all our latest episodes at opeast.org slash godsplaining. Welcome back to God's Planning. I am Father Jacob Bertrand, and I'm joined with Father, or joined by Father Patrick. We've been talking about uh, the Rosary, where it came from, uh, the tradition of the Rosary in the Dominican Order, the naming, the imagery around it, and sort of Marian, the tradition of Marian piety in some sense. Um, 
But let's talk about praying the rosary now. You know, what, what, what does the rosary offer us um, as far as uh, our spiritual life goes, as far as our relationship with Christ? Um, I guess, I, you know, to even ask it in a more simple or basic way, like, what's the point? Right. Why do we pray the rosary? Right. Uh, in Washington, D.C., in the National Shrine there, the Basilica, National Shrine, Basilica, or Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception. Mm-hmm. I just butchered the name there. Basilica the of the moment. National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception. That just mm-hmm. made his day, everybody. <laughs> getting to say that to me. He's looking so <laughs> proud of himself right now. Anyway, so at the National Shrine in Washington, D.C., that beautiful church dedicated to Our Lady, one, one of the things that I like most about it is the, uh, uh, the baldacchino over the uh, over the high altar there has a statue of Our Lady on it, mm-hmm. right? On the top. Yeah. Yep. And in order to see the big mosaic of Christ, you have to look past the statue, through the statue, if you will, to see Christ. And so when, when we ask, like, well, why do, why do we pray the rosary? It's because by looking to Mary and, and through this devotion to her, we can see Christ more clearly. Um, right. And that happens in an immediate way because the stuff that we're thinking about in each mystery is about Christ. Right. And that's the point of Mary's whole existence, right? My soul magnifies the Lord from Magnificat. Uh, it, the, the criticism levied against Catholics of worshiping Mary couldn't be further from the point because everything that Mary is and everything that she does only serves the purpose of leading us to her Leads son. To Jesus. Yeah. Like her immaculate conception teaches us more about Jesus than it does about Mary. Yeah. And that's the point. That's the point. And that I, you know, I hadn't thought, I, I know exactly, you know, I live right across the street from that Basilica of the national shrine of the immaculate conception. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been in there a ton of times, but I've never made that connection of looking at our lady to see Christ behind it. That's really cool. Stick with me, kid. I'll yeah. show you the way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Great. <laughs> No, so I mean, if you were like in all seriousness, though, if you're to, if you're to take the mysteries of the Rosary, if you're looking for the fastest way to explain to someone the life of Jesus of Nazareth, just use the mysteries. You know, Jesus Jesus was Jesus was conceived at the moment of the Annunciation, right? And carried carried to his cousin John the Baptist, who would be his forerunner in the Visitation. He's born in the Nativity. You could just recite them all down. Yeah. And like that, there you have the fifteen most important moments in the life of Jesus and Mary uh, that that you that you need to evangelize. Right. So, what's the fastest way to tell someone about the life of Christ? Go to the mysteries of the Rosary. You don't need to faff around thinking like, oh, what's that parable about the weeds and the wheat again? What did that one reveal to me about Jesus? No, just use the Rosary. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And and lest, lest we be remiss, there you know there are twenty mysteries, dear father, but the tra- <laughs> 150, I mean, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, Dominicans, we, we traditionally, some Dominicans wear the 20 decade rosary, but traditionally we wear the 15 decade rosary. So that's usually on our mind, but we do play, pray the luminous mysteries too. Of course. They're a great gift from John Paul II. Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah. So the rosary teaches us the chief mysteries of the life of Christ. And that's why as father Patrick said earlier that, uh, the rosary was, was preached and the rosary has always been something to be preached, right? That's that's the, what the confraternities served as. That's what they still serve. That's the historical sort of setting in these early monasteries of Dominican nuns. They were they were preached, and we too can use them um, to contemplate these mysteries, but also to preach to preach the mysteries. Well, you know, I do have a quote from your boy, John Paul II here, who's given us five additional mysteries, if you'd like to hear it. Please, I would love to hear it. Well, with the rosary, Pope St. John Paul II says, with the rosary, 
the Christian people sit at the school of Mary and are led to contemplate the beauty of the face of Christ and to experience the depths of his love. That's great. She takes us to Jesus. Nowhere else. That's right. That's it. There's also sometimes the accusation of it being kind of made up, unbiblical. Right. Uh, What say you to that? Oh, it's nonsense. (laughs) Yeah, no, to be dismissed out of hand, right? Yeah. Like consider, okay, take the prayer of the Hail Mary itself. Most of the prayer is taken verbatim from the scriptures. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. He says that. The angel. Yeah, the angel Gabriel. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could, you could go through, right? Um, the, the last part of the Hail Mary was added, you know, and belongs to Christian tradition, which for a Catholic is not a problem because we, we believe that revelation belongs to both uh, scriptures and tradition. Um, so, but, but we're talking about the rosary as a biblical prayer here. Again, I guess this is another way of emphasizing the importance of the mysteries. Like every one of the mysteries has, has a point where you can find it in the scriptures, um, even even you take the even you take the more difficult ones, um, like say Mary being crowned queen of heaven and earth. Right, it's there in the book of Revelation that there's a woman, uh, in in the skies in heaven. Right, with on her head a crown of twelve stars. Right, um, and so so there's not there's not something. It's not like the rosary was something that was super added to what God has given us in the Holy Scriptures. In fact, it's sort of just the opposite, right? It's kind of like you were saying to use it to describe Christ, the mysteries of Christ, is kind of a, a boiled down version of, sal- of, of salvation history of Christ's mission on earth. Uh, it's, 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 it's not an addition, but sort of a summary of that. And that's why in its simplicity, it allows you, as John Paul II said, to contemplate the beauty of the face of Christ because it is so simple, and there's something to be said too. I think of that simplicity um, in, in the in the midst of sort of the turmoil of our own lives or of the world, and and uh, how how this how the rosary has been used through the centuries as as a kind of sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we wear it on our left as a knightwood, yeah. right? But that we wear it in the place of a, of a knight's sword. We wear it in our battle against against Satan and, and the enemies of, of our Lord. Um, but there are also incredible historical moments when the rosary has been used. I love this. Yeah, this is real this is real Christian victory stuff here. Like Pope Pope St. Pius V, my special patron here in Providence, Pope St. Pius V uh, encouraged the Christian faithful to pray the rosary and to thereby preserve what we what we what we know of as Christendom, all of Europe, right? Um, from from an in, from an invasion, um, and because the rosary was pray, prayed, the Christian faith um, was handed on. I mean, yeah. like that battle was absolutely yeah. decisive. The, bottle, in the battle of Lepanto, the battle of Lepanto, and it was at fourteen fifty two, fifteenth century, something like that, right? Um, but you know, the, the Holy Father asked the rosary rosary to be prayed, and the Christians were not in a good position, you know, numbers wise, whatever resources wise to win this battle, but through our lady's intercession preserved, preserved Christendom, as father said, um, how about I mean, another great one is this quote that I love from Oliver Cromwell, yeah, yeah. uh, who, you know, was this, was a particular English Lord, we can put it gently ever, oh, who was responsible for overseeing Ireland during a difficult time in Irish history. Anyway, Cromwell says this, all is not well with Ireland yet. You gave us the money, you gave us guns, but let me tell you that every house in Ireland is a house of prayer. And when I bring these fanatical Irish before the muzzles of my guns, they hold up in their hands a string of beads. 
and they never surrender. That's awesome. The kind of fortitude of the Irish people coming out there in their love of the rosary. Yeah. Okay, and then my my last little example of this, and I love these. My last one is from the the, the Capuchin. There was a Capuchin friar who led a kind of rosary crusade in Austria, following the Second World War, because there's this period of time when Austria is subject to communist rule. By 1955, this friar had as high as 10% of Austria praying the rosary daily for peace and liberation. And suddenly Russia just up and left one day. So, I mean... You know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to conclude. Okay, history well, made simple by Father but, Patrick. Yeah, you know, <laughs> a history lesson from Father Patrick. <laughs> my ra- my ra- filled with the ra- random half factoids. Yeah, so God's amidst, planning is the home for them. That's right. Yeah, perfect, <laughs> perfect audience. Uh, so amidst even you know these huge, huge political uh, battles, even amidst our own daily struggle, the Rosary is something to cling to. Uh, the Fingering the beads, praying the beads is, is something that we do uh, to um, be brought into the contemplative gaze, gaze of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, as beautiful as it is, as historically sound as it is, as victorious as it is, uh, there are some issues <laughs> with the rosary. That I, you know, that or I the think people encounter, we could say. Yeah, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe the problems with me, not with the rosary. <laughs> but one of the things that you know, it's it's a sort of. I've heard people say, you know, Father, I'm just. I try to pray the rosary, but it's. I just can't be drawn in because it's so repetitive, or because it's the same thing over. Um, what. What of that repetitive sort of nature of, of the rosary? You know, just bead after bead. What's what's the virtue of that? I, lo- I love this um, example by Fulton Sheen, who says, um, you know, well, he, he, this woman brings up the same objection, you know, and I think she even had a more more kind of uh, uh, objectionable tone about it, she, you know, to what end is all of your repetition of prayers, right? Why are you repeating the same prayer over and over again yeah. to God? Um, and Fulton Sheen asked her, you know, if, uh, if she was married, married and I, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, she said, well, I'm engaged to be married, and he says, well... You know, have you told have you told him that I love you? And she says yes. And he says, well, how many times have you told him? And she says, oh, many times. And she says, well, that's what the rosary is saying. Uh, it's saying I yeah. love you to the Blessed Virgin and to Jesus many times. You know, it's something that that that, that it's repeated and, and that we that we that we can't exhaust. Um, this is why the mysteries are so powerful because we can turn to them. Um, you know, the 15 traditional mysteries and the five luminous mysteries given to us uh-huh. by John Paul II, Father Smiling, <laughs> <laughs> right now. Uh, we, we can turn to the mysteries and, and, and come, to, come to new realizations, you know, and, uh, uh, and spending time about, time about them. You know, the, the Lord revealing to us um, new, new meanings of the mysteries uh, of his life in our own. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus is always going to take us deeper there. It's not like you pray the rosary once and you say like, oh, you know, I've totally comprehended every aspect of the mysteries of Christ's life and there's nothing more for me to learn there. Yeah, checked it off, yeah, done. done. Yeah. And then, I mean, the last thing that I would say as regards um, repetition, we, we repeat things to grow in them. Like this is the way we inculcate virtue by doing an action repeatedly. You, you, redu- you reduce potency to act. You have this tendency, this disposition, and then you, 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 you reduce it to act and you go forward and that's how virtues build up. Okay, so a uh, little, little, little optimistic crash course there for you, Father. There you Father. go, sneaking it in. <laughs> yep. 
Um, so uh, praying, praying, praying the rosary repeatedly is a way of inculcating that in us. Um, it, it's got a kind of pedagogical structure um, to, to return and to repeat. Uh, my beloved college professor, Father, Father Fabian, may he rest in peace, would always say, repetitio est mater memoriae. Uh, you know, to, repetition is the mother of memory. Um, to, 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 to know something deeply, you, you, repeat, you repeat it over and over and over again. Right. And that, that's a freeing thing in, yeah. in the end. It allows you to enter into that contemplation, to dwell on the mystery rather than um, sort of being trapped by figuring out what do I say, what comes next. It becomes habitual, as you were saying, with like a virtue, it becomes habitual. So we repeat, but, you know, repetition, uh, it can often be kind of a I, I don't know, I was going to say a breeding ground for distraction mm. um, because, it, you know, we kind of familiarity, familiarity breeds contempt type thing. You know, so if you're praying these, um, the same thing kind of over, kind of opens yourself up to be a bit distracted um, right. or more easily. Um, maybe not, maybe that's just me, but, you know, and th- there's a sense of distraction sometimes uh, with the rosary that if, if I'm not especially focused and we don't want to think of prayer as something that primarily I do, like I focus right. harder, but right. um, yeah, I don't, do you have any advice for distraction with the rosary or for focusing more in on what are the, what the mystery before us? Yeah. One thing that I, one thing that I always mention to people that I try and encourage them and counsel them in, is that praying the rosary um, and and being distracted uh, is kind of an impossible thing. You don't when, when you're when you're when you're moving to prayer, you don't get to abstract from the stuff of your life and say, okay, I'm just going to turn everything else off, and I'm just going to be over in the Jesus box for mm. right now, um, and then all the other boxes, all the other compartments of my life don't exist and they don't matter. The rosary is the perfect prayer to bring those things uh, from the other boxes, the other compartments of our life, into the Jesus square, into the Jesus box. Um, so when things come up in the rosary, just assign them beads, you know, give, give each concern, give each person in your life a Hail Mary. Um, and that the rosary is the kind of prayer by its nature, uh, that allows us to kind of grab everything that's going on in our lives and turn that to God to, to, to capture it all and bring it into him. So distractions, I don't think are things to be kind of fought with the rosary in the same way that they are other forms of prayer. Um, but but they're the kind of thing that should be should be um, should be taken into it offered right up and yeah 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 I think that's I think that's that's great sound advice and um, two to enter you know even distractions aside um, but you know on this theme of intention uh, offering rosaries for things or a decade of a rosary right. for something or for someone is incredibly powerful right the the ro- the rosary the rosary is an incredibly powerful prayer. I mean, there are just so many graces attached to its praying. I mean, first of all, it's indulgence by the church. Um, uh, but to, to recite the rosary has the power to free from deep habitual vices, you know, things that have trapped people. You know, the, ro- the rosary can liberate that. Um, and, and, and that we shouldn't be afraid to ask for them. Sometimes we just pick up the rosary and you get through it and, like, you haven't, you haven't offered it for anything. Right. You know, you just sort of worked your way through the prayers. But the rosary is the kind of prayer that should be offered for something, you know, to offer rosaries for people. Um, for the souls people. in purgatory, for family, for particular intentions of people in need, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. 
whatever it for may greater be. devotion to the luminous mysteries that's right father patrick will pray his rosary tomorrow for that uh, <laughs> on I thursday mean, but speaking of the mysteries again you know the, the rosary in this way is the kind of prayer that can can grow and can change and can meet us where we're at right like so if, uh, if you're struggling if you're sad pray the sorrowful mysteries if you're having a great day and want to thank god pray the joyful mysteries uh, you know traditionally the mysteries are assigned to the days of the week and that's a good way to kind of move us through this constant meditation of the whole of Christ's life. Um, but, you, you know, you could pray the mysteries based on where you're at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I think that I think that, that leads to my last little comment is people can sometimes feel overwhelmed by the rosary, that people are worried if they're doing it right. You know, they think so much about the prayers themselves. Um, you know, if, if that's you and if, and if you don't have a deep habit of praying the rosary, just pray, just pray the Our Father and the Ten Hail Marys and the Glory Be for each decade. Just do that until you until you build up a kind of a kind of habitual comfort with it, and then you can add the meditations and the mysteries, and then you can worry about uh, the different the different introductions to the Rosary. But it's it's important um, just to move through the through the um, through the decades. Why don't we finish then with that? just repeating that beautiful quote from John Paul II, because I think it so summarizes everything that we've talked about. Uh, Remember here, he said, with the rosary, the Christian people sit at the school of Mary and are led to contemplate the beauty of the face of Christ and to experience the depths of his love. So if the rosary is part of your, part of your regular prayer life, allow that to allow our Lord to deepen his, your relationship with him through that if not, as Father Patrick just suggested, start off uh, with what works for you, a decade, uh, adding to that as, as you need. But uh, history has shown us, the tradition of the church has shown us just how powerful and beautiful the rosary is in our relationship with Mary, with Christ, with the church. Thanks for tuning in to Godsplaining this week. Uh, if you are liking what you're hearing, please like us, um, share us with your friends and family, and we look forward to being with you next time. God bless. Thanks for listening to Godsplaining, a work of the Dominican Friars of the Province of St. Joseph. Visit us at opeast.org.